0: Travelling the Vortex.
1: We've joined the doctor as he degenerates through the vortex and arrive at episode 568. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How's everybody?
2: Fighting a sinus infection.
3: Sounds like it. You sound like you had a cold, but... Yeah,
2: mostly over with, except for the cough, which is rather annoying.
3: I was feeling poorly on Monday, but it just was kind of a quick one and done, and I didn't even get really that sick. Just was seemed like I was getting a cold, and then it sort of all went away. So maybe my last flu,
1: week flu shot worked. Last week I had a fever in the middle of the night, and then by eight a.m. it was gone. Hmm. Came on and left just as quickly. It's kind of weird. Some illnesses. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Did you guys do anything this week? I suppose I could start. We went to um, Emporia because my daughter was in Little Shop of Horrors on Saturday. Oh, fun. Which was a lot of fun, and it was really good. A little nine-man show, but, man, they did some quality work. It looked really, really good. Sounded really, really good. A lot of fun. Um, but earlier in the day, we went down. I we went down earlier because the kids wanted to go see Five Nights at Freddy's, so we all went and saw Five Nights at Freddy's. And I'm peripherally familiar with the games enough because the kids, you know, sit and watch YouTube videos and talk about the lore and all the theories and things like that. So I'm, I'm you know, not as invested as as they are, but peripherally I knew enough about it, but it was, it was actually a really good movie. Um, it's, if I think knowing the lore or knowing the games helps a lot because I think anybody going into this not knowing what it is would be Think it might be a little silly or unusual, but I thought it was. I thought it was pretty interesting. It was. It was. It was it's kind of. I mean, it's a horror film. It's PG thirteen, so they go a little light on the violence, but um, but it's it's also a lot of fun, and there's some legitimate jump square scares, and then there's some parts of it that I was like, huh, <laughs> but but overall, it was it was a good movie. It was very a lot of fun. Nice. And then. Today I watched the uh, Beatles now and then making of documentary, which is just a little twelve minute documentary on Disney Channel. And then I thought that the song would be on there, and it wasn't. <laughs> so I, I went out to, <laughs> to Apple Music and downloaded the song, and it's a it's a really good little song. I was I was very impressed. It's it doesn't sound it doesn't sound like a Beatles song in as such as they were in like the sixties, but it's more like the sounds they all took when they went on their own in the late seventies, early eighties. And which, I mean, makes sense because I think John wrote and recorded his part um, in the, well, would have been close to his death. So he died in eighties. So probably late seventies sometimes. And then, and then uh, of course, you, George away just back in the early two thousands, but, um, they, it was really fascinating how they were able to use computers to isolate all the tracks. Cause I don't know how much you guys know about it. It was, it was actually one of three songs in 94 that, uh, well, 93 that Yoko had given to the Beatles. That was the stuff that John had recorded and they ended up, uh, doing a comp or like getting back together and recording free as a bird and real love. Well, the third song was now and then, but the track wasn't as good and they couldn't isolate the piano and it had like a heavy hiss. And so they decided to shelve it, but they had played a little bit on it. So that's why they have a little bit of George's guitar on there as well. Hmm. And then when Peter Jackson started doing the, uh, get back, um, documentary, and reconstructing that they realized that the technology they were using to separate audio would you would work on this tape that they had of uh john's so they went back into the studio and recorded their very last song that's what it's in fact it's called now and then uh the beatles last song so that's hmm. a good catchy little song i really like it like i say it's, I like more, it too. It's, it's more like their 80s stuff you know their solo stuff they did later but all, it's all of them together doing that later kind of stuff. So it makes sense.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the amazing thing. I've been devouring every piece of information that's come down the pipe. Um, you know, watch the documentary and then listen to the song. And I can't wait for Friday when the music video that Peter Jackson directed comes out for it. Yeah, the song itself is available on YouTube now with just a, you know, plain now and then background. But I guess there's a whole video that comes along with it mm-hmm. that's supposed to release on Friday. But it's just truly really fascinating to,
3: yeah, it's hilarious. you
2: know hear him talk about how they were able to to lift you, using the computer AI to go you know this is what John Lennon sounds like go find John Lennon in this recording, and it did it just lifted him right out and played it and both Paul and Ringo were like you know it's like he's in the room with us, amazingly clear, and I'm glad that this is this is kind of the example of how to use computer AI for the right thing. You're you know, right. I don't want you to go to a computer and go write me a song that sounds like the Beatles. I don't want I don't think anybody wants that. But using it in order to isolate something that they had already recorded and then laying down previously recorded guitar licks on it and then recording new drums for it. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That to me is a, an acceptable use of it. And um just kind of the shock and awe of here we are in the year of our Lord 2023. And there's a new Beatles song, you know, it's just, it's just wow. But no, I like the song. I like the string arrangement they put on it too. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that was neat. That was no that. We watched we watched Loki tonight. That was the last thing. We the latest episode of Loki. How about you
1: guys? Well, I'm still an episode behind on Loki, so I haven't watched tonight's episode. Yeah, we are
2: episode behind now as well because of Halloween. I watched Ghostbusters
3: Afterlife. Had you not seen it? I had not. Really,
2: really,
1: yeah,
3: living okay, in a hole. What'd you think? And
1: I feel justified in my delay. What? Oh, you didn't like it, huh? It was all right, it was a depressing remake. The whole the tone of the movie was way wrong the entire time, it wasn't funny most of the time, and it just felt somber the whole time until the actual ghostbusters kind of show up at the very end, hmm. and I felt like everything they did with Gozer wasn't original enough of a story to really warrant it. Well, It Go- was just doing the same story again, yeah, set the, in Oklahoma.
3: The Gozer thing was kind of a retread, but...
1: Yeah. It just, the tone felt so somber the whole time. It didn't really feel right, I thought. Huh. I don't know, it just didn't seem like there was... I don't want to say the love wasn't there, because there was obviously a lot of attention to detail. hmm But, I don't know, maybe it just felt like nobody was having a lot of fun while making it, and so it didn't come across that way either. I don't know.
2: Hmm. This is all very fresh take here. Yeah, yeah. I've I've (laughs) not heard these complaints. Mm -mm. I've heard complaints about the film, but not these. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It felt like they were mourning Harold the whole time. Which, it, it's a major plot point to it, and it, I don't know. I just don't know how else to describe it.
2: We'll, we'll do a special episode of Flicks with Friends where we dissect the, the Ghostbusters
3: <laughs> movies. I did show Robin uh, Monster Squad. She didn't Oh, nice. <laughs> she didn't like it. She watched it and watched the whole thing, but then she was like, yeah, that's not a good movie. My
2: mine for this year was uh, uh, Transylvania 6 5000 I remember watching mm, that yeah. forever every time it was on HBO as a kid and watching it as an adult now is like it's yeah. not a good movie
3: <laughs> it's <not> a good <laughs> I movie. did the same thing I, I picked it up a few years back and went oh yeah I used to watch this on HBO all the time and then went no this is not a good movie they all say who this is Tim Trelaw.
0: This is David J. Howe. I'm Peter Purvis. I am CD Miller. This is Lauren Cornelius.
3: Larry, it's Fraser. For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world and beyond, the Doctor Who Collectors podcast. I'm Larry Van Mersberg and your host, and I've been collecting for 42 years. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex on the Direction Point podcast network.
0: You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space, in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts, Eric Kilbranson, Asad Khashki, and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and non-fiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire who On shuffle. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to Traveling the Vortex.
3: Well, I did uh, do one other thing and um, actually stumbled across this and this is going to be my something new two minute review, but it's going to be a little different than we've done. Because I stumbled across a little YouTube project from MM Productions, which is a group I'm assuming in the UK because they all had very good British voices, either that or they're very good uh, British-voiced American actors. Um, but anyway, this this released on October 28th, so it just came out over the weekend, and it's called Doctor Who Time of Death. It's a full-cast audio drama, again by MM Productions, and... Uh, I'll start my review. All right, so the uh, premise here, and I think this thing's only about twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes or so long, so it's it's really short, and it is available on YouTube to anybody for free. These guys have done it, uh, you know, uh, not asking for any cost or anything. But it stars um, a guy named Jack Reeves, and he's playing the Tenth Doctor, and I and I mean a very passable Tenth Doctor. He's not dead on, but he is a very passable doctor. 10th doctor and i completely got into it and eventually just was picturing 10 the whole time um but it's set in it takes place just before the 10th doctor's about to regenerate so it's right after the encounter with wolf it's right after the little um whirlwind go back and take a look at everybody and say goodbye kind of from a distance It takes place right at that moment and he's transported back to um world war one where the Daleks have now, uh, the main adversaries that the humans are fighting in world war one. And, uh, he meets somebody called the showman and the showman very much is reminiscent. And it might be who they were sort of implying, but it is very reminiscent of the, um, toy maker very much in the way that he acts. Um, he meets uh, another time Lord, uh, car Arthmane. And, um, he, there's a, it's, it's not a, a, a deep story, but it really does have a really kind of cool climactic ending that I really enjoyed and thought was a lot of fun. But uh, if you get a chance to look at it, it again, it's by a group called MM Productions. Um, they have a video, but it, it is just audio. They've got a um, artwork that sets up there the whole time um, that it plays. But I, I highly recommend it if you get a chance. It's, um, I was going to give you the. YouTube address, but they always have a weird YouTube address. Just search for MM Productions, Doctor Who. You'll find it. And that's my. And you'll s- put the link in the show notes. I will do that. Yes. And that is my something new ten, uh, two minute review.
2: About how long was it?
3: 20. Well, let me. I've got the video up here. Uh, 23 minutes. Just, oh, wow. just wow. over wow. 23 minutes. Yeah. And the production quality is amazing. These guys, I don't know. I mean, they're 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 amateur, but they don't they're they don't quite feel big finish professional, but they are definitely far from feeling amateurish at all. It's the production quality of this thing was great, and the acting was great in this too. A lot of times you'll hear some of these fan productions, and they got their friends together, and you always have that one or two friends that aren't quite. <laughs> there acting wise and it sticks out they, none of these guys stick stuck out at all as not knowing what they were doing so links in the show notes we are going on a journey a very
0: long journey through the world of the target novelizations and publication order every week we are looking at a new book talking about Terrence Dix Malcolm Hulk and all our Doctor Who novelization friends whatever you do Keep turning the pages. This is Jason Miller of the Doctor Who Literature Podcast, a member of the Direction Point Podcast Network, and you are listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Podcast. Hi,
2: I'm Rupert Booth.
0: I am known as Paul Ferry.
2: And my name is Barry Williams. Together we host TimeRam.
0: Time Ram's a cruel mistress.
2: It's a random number generator.
0: That also.
2: We roll a number from 1 to
0: 13,
2: and that's our doctor. Then 1 to 300 for the story, and then we ram them together. Even if it doesn't make sense. Cruel, I tell you. Time round, Putting the wrong doctors in the wrong stories, so you don't have to. You're listening to Travelling the Vortex.
1: Alright, well let's move on to news. Uh, first bit of news, the back catalog of Doctor Who, for the most part, dropped on iPlayer and they have rebranded the entire thing as the who and revealed a new quasi-series called Tales of the TARDIS, which reunites several actors from different eras of the show and in character in, character, yeah. in a what's called Memory TARDIS to kind of bookend... Or Omnibus is, editions of episodes.
3: Or, as the fifth doctor calls it, a remembered artist. I don't, I don't <laughs> think he was supposed to, and I just don't think they cut it out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so there are six of these pairing the seventh doctor and Ace back together. Joe Grant and Clyde Langer from Sarah Jane Adventures. Uh, Maureen O'Brien and Peter Purvis, Fraser Hines and Wendy Padbury, uh, Peter Davison and Janet Fielding, and then Colin Baker and Nicola Bryant.
3: I like how you did um, the characters for the first two and the actors for the last four. (laughs) (laughs) I finally scrolled up to the (laughs) text
1: of who the actors were because I didn't have to go off of memory. (laughs) I was going off of pictures before that.
3: Yeah, Um. The, I think the thing that annoys me about this, and and it's well, number one, was anybody surprised that they were going to call this the Hooniverse? No. And the only reason, no. like everybody's like, oh my gosh, that that you know, there's a lot of people that are, don't like that. And they think, oh, that's dumb. I wasn't surprised at all because we did get that picture that came out from Bad Wolf Studios that says Home of the Hooniverse. I mean, and it's in the font and everything. So I kind of suspected that's the road we were going and that was probably the name they were going to land on so that that was no surprise but i think what's annoying about this is i've had to watch these silly things on youtube that somebody fortunately has put up and it's just the clips at the beginning and as sean pointed out to me they're edited very poorly actually they're not even edited poorly it's just they've chopped, just they've chopped clips. them into clips and so they're the edits are bad um but at least I'm getting to see it, but it, it, it comes down I, to I this. I suppose,
2: yeah, there's this to be fair, you know, for those of us who do not have access yeah, I mean, it's, to the, the I or BBC I player in the UK, we're very grateful that they're up on YouTube for us to watch. Yeah. But, oh man, are they chopped up? But it's, it's <laughs> just trying to avoid that network sensor.
3: It's just yeah. some guys. Yeah. It's just some guys video. And so he's probably avoiding copyright that way by doing them. Sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, that's the, <laughs> That's the thing that's irking me about this whole 60th anniversary. And and they've done this to us in the past. They've done it to us with the the blu-ray releases they've done i understand that this is a british show i understand that that is the home of doctor who and has been for 60 years but they have a worldwide audience and yeah it's no longer just a british show and when they do this exclusivity it just makes me mad because you've got fans over in the united states and then it came out today officially although i'd heard rumblings about this a week or two ago then it goes back to another thing that we talked about last show or two shows ago that i <laughs> i countered sean with and we didn't go too deep into it but i'll go into it now all we're getting on disney plus is everything from uh shooting on well the specials on and they're they're 60th they're going to call it season one on disney plus now Ooh. i don't know how it's happening on the universe, but. On, On iPlayer, but they're calling it season one. They're going to brand it that way, and you still have to go to HBO to see the older New Who stuff, and you still have to go to BritBox to watch classic Doctor Who. So it's all spread out for us again. We're going to have to divvy out all these different, you know, subscriptions to all these different places. They didn't put everything under one house with Disney, which I think is ridiculous. And because I'd been hearing those rumblings, that's why when you said. We were talking about what was it we were talking about? You said, "Oh, the the rights to the first episode." And you said, "Well, Disney will open up the purse screen. I don't think so. I think Disney is focused with this series on, and they it's just a home for them right now. I don't think they're making very much investment yet until they get their house straight because they're having issues with the Marvel universe. They've had issues with Star Wars in the past. They're having issues with the park. They're losing money. They're hemorrhaging. They're fighting with their actors. So their their focus is not on Doctor Who, so they aren't going to be investing much in that area right now. Now, will that change in the future? Possibly. Will they make? All right.
2: Let me let me counter your argument. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Item one: the Hooniverse logo, which we stripped right from Marvel. There's your Disney dollars at work. Oh, Wait, That's it, just mi-
3: mimicking it. Yeah. It, uh, no, exactly. That I, that's
2: exactly where where it came no, from. Well,
3: you know why though? It's because. Russell T. It's Davis looked do. at it three years ago and went, Why aren't we doing this now? Disney's been doing it right. So all mm-hmm. he did was emulate it. It wasn't Disney. <laughs> Disney might have influenced it uh, <clears throat> peripherally, but they weren't the ones that said, Hey, why don't you brand it this way?
2: Now, what makes you think that this isn't all coming from Russell T? Well, I think it is all. If, 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 if Russell T looked at that and said, Hey, why aren't we doing it this way? And then suddenly there's a deal reached where. Oh, we're going to air new episodes on Disney Plus outside the UK. Well, don't you think Russell T may have been part of the architect of that? Maybe pushing for this.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think and Russell T. I think Bad Wolf. Open, went, I bet I think Bad Wolf went to Disney and said, "Hey, we want you to be the exclusive." Um, people. We want you to be exclusively be the ones carrying this. We want to fit, sign a contract with you and do a partnership. And yeah, Disney said absolutely. But is Disney do pulling any of the strings at all? I don't think so. Well, Disney was looking for content. They were looking for something here and now and popular, and they're struggling in other places. So they said we've got another avenue to get to make revenue and get people subscribing to Disney Plus. That's all that Disney's looking at at this point. I'm not saying that that won't grow in the future. With If Doctor Who is a success, and they see that, and they see it marketable, then yeah, I think they'll start putting more money into it, and they'll start maybe even putting some influence into it, which is you're going to have a lot of people upset over that, but once Disney starts spending the money, then you're going to see Disney... Wanting to put the influence in. But right now, and, and Disney is pretty hands off on it. They've well, got a lot on of other re- things. Let me rephrase that. Go ahead, go ahead.
2: No, Disney is not ramrodding this. Disney is not taking over Doctor Who. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying that Russell T. looked at Disney and how they were running Marvel and creating a multiverse. Oh, said, absolutely. We already did that. We yes. just dropped the ball on it. Why don't we let them run it? And so they went to Disney and said, to do uh, you're, you're, this is what we want. You're 100% wrong. And Disney wrong. said, okay.
3: No, they went and said... Hey, look what Disney's doing. Let's copy that. That's what they did because that's what and that's what DC's doing. That's what Universal's doing with their MonsterVerse. I mean, all they're doing is copying Disney. Nobody's but getting di- any But, but input Disney, Disney. Ch- but Disney's oh, been Sean, the you're, only you're person. You're slightly to do right.
1: right. You're you're slightly right. But instead of going to Disney, they BBC said, "Okay, Bad Wolf, you take care of it." Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. what's happened. And, and then Bad and, Wolf and went and to Disney. I and bet said, Bad Here's Wolf. the
3: deal. I bet Bad Wolf went to Disney and wanted to give Disney everything and put it under that mouse house, house of mouse. But I have a feeling the BBC pulled back and said, well, we can't quite do that yet. And that's why, because I'm sure they have licenses with Warner on HBO that have not run out. And that's why Disney And that, that brings and up Britbox. item two. And, a, and BritBox. It's not that we're and, being
2: screwed that over here, you know, you have to have three different subscriptions. It has to do with the fact that they still have the deal for New Who to run on Max. And until that particular license runs out, they can't do anything with it.
3: It's yeah, just like well like
2: that's Paramount says, hey, we're gonna Paramount Plus is gonna be the home of all Star Trek, but you can find Star Trek on every cable access network and Netflix and this. It, it took them a year and a half before they started to pull some of those things. And it wasn't that they were pulling, they were just waiting for the licenses to run out and then not renew them. But then they turned around I, I, and did renew some of them because the money was too good. So I you think know that's
1: the point though, is if Disney was sinking money into it they would then buy out those contracts exactly, exactly, I
2: disagree because as soon as they got Marvel, they allowed Netflix to continue to have their shows and run until that particular not contract ended. Longer. Well,
0: no, the, well, the thing but is but it ran
2: until the contract ended. Well, They're not going to Disney doesn't have money to blow like willy-nilly. I mean, well, yeah, they're buying Hulu right now, but it's, they're it's not.
1: With them anyway. you, but they're, Sean, they're, they're not
2: blowing money for the sake of blowing money. Sean, they're going to wait till that licensing deal ends because that's what makes sense.
3: Sean, they did the the Netflix thing behind the scenes. The Netflix series didn't continue not because they weren't doing well. It's because Disney knew that they were going to be streaming, and so Disney started stopped putting ABC Studios or ABC. Uh, yeah, ABC TV television studio money towards it and told Netflix if they wanted to go on, they'd have to fin- fund it all. That's why they mm-hmm. didn't go forward with it. <laughs> so they they basically withheld money and then... Oh,
2: I didn't say they didn't engineer the reason <laughs> for that contract. Netflix, yeah, and then
3: Netflix canceled that co- contract and didn't, they didn't do any negotiating. For, 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 for the same reason but, that when there's but, a new
2: Spider-Man movie coming out, there are oh, no comics cool. or toys on the shelves because Disney's not going to help Sony well, market the that's
3: film. A, that's <laughs> that's you're right, but that's a, that that's not the that's not true anymore. They they are playing friendly. In fact, they do market uh, Sony stuff for them now. But that's again because one, yeah. that's because they're trying to <laughs> that's because they're trying to keep friendly with Sony so they can get Spider Man. Uh, Rights continuing with them. But no, the, the, the point is though, the thing is they come up with these tales of the TARDIS that we don't get to see because they have these withstanding contracts. And I understand Same that With that documentary that, that David, but that documentary is hosting. that David, there's no reason why they couldn't have done that. That's arbitrary. Yeah. It, maybe it has clips from it, but I don't imagine that clips are part of that, uh, uh, contracts with those. I'm sure it's just whatever's on the channel at the time. I'm sure anything that is a clip show, BBC has hundred percent; they can do anything. So that could be on Disney Plus. Um, I almost. I
2: think, you're, I think you're not looking at the complex issue. I, I think, I mean, we sat through how many years of wondering whether or not Doctor Who the movie was ever going to get a physical release because nobody knew who owned it, even though it says Doctor Who and it's a BBC production and. Can, what, the fact that there were 10 different studios attached to it at one point in time and they kind of sort of now have all that cleared up. And you're just, just said, making yeah, my point for BBC me because it.
3: what you're saying is that's not a new thing that's happened. This is something that's been happening forever. So what you're saying is I should just know better and get used to it. And what I'm saying is BBC needs to get their crap straight and they need to start understanding that they've got a market over here and they need to do more to make these stuff available to us as well. And I'm sounding like a privileged little fanboy, but it doesn't make any sense for them to have all of this focus over there. And we get the, the dredge of stuff. I mean, the, the DVD, they're not selling Blu-rays over here the way they sell over there because they don't think they'll sell here. But every time one of these Blu-rays comes out, they sell just as well over here as they do in the UK. And they don't see that. And that's what's so annoying about this. It's the the whole thing with BBC America. I mean, BBC America doesn't even play BBC shows anymore. It's all American television. There's BBC America is not even BBC anymore. It's just, I get so frustrated. And I understand the reason behind these. You don't have to school me in any of this. My point is the BBC has been screwing this up for years and they, they, they don't feel like they have a market over here. And I understand that it is government owned television and they have a licensing thing and they and, but they created BBC worldwide which is a subsidiary affiliate of that so that they could market that stuff overseas and they they continue to mess that up i'm hoping that bad wolf in fact i was one of the only people for the longest time championing the fact that bbc was turning this over to an outside company because i knew once that happened they realize how marketable it is outside of the uh, UK. And that's part of the reason why Russell T. Davis went to Disney plus because he knew who was going to be able to distribute that. Now, unfortunately, because of rights issues and contracts, we don't get everything. And I understand that, but it's absolutely ridiculous that, that they've been sitting on this kind of stuff for all of these years and not making any efforts to market to the United States where they have just almost as much, if not as many, uh support for Doctor Who. It's ridiculous.
2: Okay, I will agree with the first part of your statement that the BBC has not run this correctly and will continue to not run it correctly. And thank goodness <laughs> that, that Bad Wolf has come in to show them how to make money off of this.
1: Mm-hmm. Isn't I it disagree also disagree
2: with the second half of your statement?
1: Isn't it also interesting that this is happening with the 60th anniversary when with the 50th, America got the doctors revisited that whole series, and it didn't air in the UK until almost a full year later.
3: Yeah, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that BBC America. It was didn't a BBC have, America production. But that's just it, though. BBC America had a lot more control over that because they were putting money into it. They did have the license. It wasn't Max didn't get the license until. In fact, I no. think Amazon had it before uh, Max had the license on. Uh, doctor who it was not until i think capaldi's era that it ended up on max right
1: i think it was even no i think it was uh max wasn't even capaldi it was whitaker whitaker oh it was, it was all whitaker oh it went
3: over to max for whitaker's era okay yeah which Is, it almost
1: it-, it almost seems like the bbc realized you know because i think there was pushback and anger from the uk contingents and the fact that there wasn't something like this in the UK and that Doctors Revisited wasn't available over there. And it's almost yeah, like they've done true. We're going the, the complete 180 and done, <laughs> done the reverse. Point. And instead of meeting in the middle and making that's everything funny. available to everyone, they haven't learned their lesson. They're just going, Oh crap, we've screwed up and didn't give this to the, the UK crowd. And we need to do that instead.
2: Well, for the sake of the 50th, isn't it possible that they felt like the Americans needed Doctor Who revisited to kind of give them that base groundwork oh, yeah, of this no, new absolutely. show that you like. There's a lot well, more of it, and here's a couple of pieces of it that are going to be important for the fiftieth.
3: Sadly, which is the UK,
2: which does not need that history no, lesson. You're wrong. No, they still you're need wrong. that history
3: lesson. You're wrong. There's not in, enough hardcore. Ten fans years ago, they didn't need the history lesson, but obviously, ten years later, they do because that's why they're doing Tales of the Tardis to reach that generation over there that has just enough removed that they're not you know as knowledgeable as it as they were 10 years ago so that's why they didn't need it over there 10 years ago but now it's the Which, reverse well it's not the reverse but now because it's the reverse of what happened yeah they're needing that over there that's exactly what these tales of the TARDIS are for it's to give people see, I th- kind I think, of an ominous re- uh, in fact it's, I think it's tales a way of to the rep- it's a way to repackage them so that they're in smaller chunks too because that's exactly what it is yeah omnibus and they've chop them down a little bit so that they're going to be more cohesive. The
2: tales tales of the Tartars are nothing more than the fanboy in Russell T being able to write these little vignettes Mm -hmm. and have these happy reunion moments, but in order to get those things paid for, we have to couch them around a remembrance of this one episode, yeah, yeah. so that we can repackage that episode
3: well, and, and sell it, it. It costs them less too to do that because right. they only have to do the front and the and the back end of it, and then they can put something that already exists in the middle that they've just sort of you know tweaked and edited a bit,
2: as opposed to a standalone you know Night of the Doctor style short that just right. appears and releases on YouTube that uh, is to special, everyone. Oh, here, you know, here, here here's a special <laughs> extra well, here's a special extra, but this is how we're going to pay for the special mm. extra. That way we can continue to produce special extras.
3: That that leads us into our next piece, actually, <laughs> which is Keith, I'll let you take over, then we'll talk about how this connects.
1: The Daleks colorization? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Daleks, uh, the episode, the story, the Daleks, uh, is going to be released on the anniversary, um, not anniversary of the transmission, but the anniversary of the series the 23rd of november on bbc 4 in a colorized omnibus version 75 minute blockbuster to to today's modern (laughs) audiences
3: (laughs) they're gonna cut six episodes six 20 minute episodes down to 75 which is a great which is which is a great idea the cavern stuff's gonna be, be once the cavern stuff's gonna be yeah just quick and done
2: but oh i doubt they even show it
3: that's yeah well that's probably true that's, <laughs> that's another thing though done. that's another thing that that is happening which I, i'm glad i think this no, is cool no this is a neat over this here, is though. a neat yeah well exactly this is a neat little thing but this is another thing what they're doing is they're making it palatable to younger generations with a shorter ten, attention span with a uh, need to have things not in black and white anymore, which is fine. I, if I, now, and, and I'm not going to be one of those guys that says, oh, you're, you're ruining it by colorizing it because, Hey, if that's not your cup of tea, it's still available in black and white. Yeah, Nobody's taking away your black and white copies.
1: What, what will be interesting is to see how the story compares, you know, other than the major acts of it um, to the the Peter Cushing movie.
3: Yeah, um like
1: like the like the actual Dalek story beats to see how the their edit compares to how the, the Cushing movie went.
3: I think if if they if somebody used that to maybe influence how this was edited then I think it'll be noticeable. I don't know that it'll be that noticeable. <sighs> I don't well, think with as the similar with
1: as the stories are in general, I because think, it's just, I mean it's the same over art, the framework is the same, and a lot of the Dalek aspects of it are the same. So it's just more of the Doctor parts that yeah were modified. that's a
2: really good point. The structure of the story is nearly identical. It's just the trappings are different. Yeah,
3: I don't know that I would. I don't think I would jump to comparing it to that, but I I will say that it would it will benefit. From a um, correction in its pacing for sure, because it doesn't have to, <laughs> well, yeah. it doesn't have to, you know, nettle along because they've got to fill six episodes, you know, for six weeks, 20 minutes piece, And so I think that it, it certainly will probably pace a lot better than it does as a six part story. I'm not saying you're wrong. I I'm, I just don't think it's going to be comparable. I, I'm just think it'd
1: be. I just think it'll be interesting to compare the two.
3: Yeah, I don't. And I and I'm just saying I don't think it will be Mortal
1: comparable. Version. That's that's a good. Uh, that's a good point,
2: Keith. I had not thought of that when they said that. I was just ecstatic because my 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 literal first thought was stand up and cheer because the chasm is gone. So we're not going to. <laughs> That's have the to one deal bit with they left in a whole episode of that, and if it's a seventy-five minute runtime, we just don't have time for it. And and you know, and all of a sudden, they snuck in through the back door. Okay, I'm good with this. Let's go.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the nice thing too is this will be probably included in that series one uh, box set that they Well, should we move on to our reviews? We're finishing once up our f- uh, Once in Future story arc, and this week it's Once in Future: The Union, which is the—I guess technically it's penultimate because we get the coda next year. But for all intents and purposes, this is a finale.
1: Is it's the finale? A coda is a coda; it's not a finale.
3: I guess that's true. Yeah, coda is an after—an
1: <laughs> epilogue mm-hmm. is what a coda is. Degeneration.
3: An enforced mystery tour through all of my lives. From Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who? Once and Future. The Union. Fighting it so long! I can't hold things together anymore.
0: Ah! It's happened again, hasn't it? Oh, oh this is a
1: pretty pickle.
0: Those forays into my future disrupting my entire existence. Intolerable! Utterly intolerable! This song, it's you. Professor, River Song. My entire self adrift on my time stream. I've been better. Ah, an
3: old reliable.
0: Moving into position. Ah, teeth and curls. This should be fun. Target identified. Grandfather, what are you doing here? No, I can't be. I will set this universe in stone. Careful. Basically, we're the two people in the universe, best place to help the Doctor. And are
3: you going to kill me?
0: I could watch you suffer all eternity long. And I will. Big finish for the love of stories. Ooh, Jammy Dodger. Here. Bit dusty, but you can pick off
1: the fluff. The doctor responds to a distressed call from his granddaughter Susan taking him to the Diamond Array, a huge dimensional space station. Once there, his instability increases, as the fourth and eighth doctors discover the array's terrible purpose. Meanwhile, Riversong has made a deadly alliance to try to save her husband, and the truth about the doctor's degeneration will finally be. Bum, bum, bum.
3: I meant to load up the uh, Price is Right horn on this one, and I forgot. Oh,
1: really? really?
3: <laughs> uh, it's not that bad, but... <laughs> um, yeah, I... There are parts of this story that are a lot of fun that's really good. I I immensely enjoy the focus on not just the Eighth Doctor, but a lot of the Fourth Doctor back into this one as well, although he had his own story i was kind of surprised they put him in here as heavy as they did um i w- sort of felt like it was a logical leap for the union to be the end of the line at least for now of the time lord that's been known as the the two and the seven and the nine and so i thought that was a that was a justified ending but it was a little underwhelming to me because i think i was expecting something a little more grand um but it was a satisfying villain especially with big finish because that's been a big finish uh baddie a big finish big for a while and they did sort of hint to that possibility in that um Six doctor one that we listened to that had the two
1: it was the two yeah. in
3: that one so they did telegraph that not obvious enough so which was nice i didn't i thought back of it back to it and went ah okay so there was more to that having him there now obviously he didn't know and he wasn't the one that did it but having him there in the middle of the story arc was a neat little writing trick to have a something to call back on and overall i thought the performances were good but i just don't feel like they stuck the landing on this whole thing and maybe that's less of a critique of this particular story and more of a critique of making which this has been sean's complaint all along making this their big event um for the 60th it almost makes this the way that this one ends the story arc almost makes all of it feel very gimmicky and unconnected now well not unconnected but not as connected as it as it should be for a big 60th anniversary event makes sense
1: yeah it makes sense i i think that is where it falls down for me um is in the context of once in future in, in a 60th anniversary celebration There are a lot of the stories in ones Future that winds up being irrelevant and unnecessary. Mm -hmm. There's only a few handful that kind of become somewhat important as we listen to the whole box set. So, But that being said, I felt like for the story arc they had set up, this was a a satisfying conclusion, um, and it made sense for the union to kind of be the one to, to move it forward. It did feel like there was a little, while we, it was nice to get the flashback of, Oh, the war doctor just kind of stumbled in and found out what was going on. (laughs) It felt like there could have been a bit more thought out plan behind the union of, you know, why they shot the doctor and he Mm -hmm. took off. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I'm, it's also kind of, in line with that character to be a bit more reactional, I think to this sort of thing. And they tried to give us some language throughout it about how, well, the degeneration gun and the degeneration energy was there experimenting on a way to try to stabilize themselves mm. beyond what has coalesced in this union at the space station with this configuration, but it felt like there wasn't enough there to make the connection fully.
3: Mm-hmm,
1: yeah. Now, but did, the, the, the nostalgia and the emotion of it all kind of overrides most of it for me and allows me to enjoy the story that is. it is.
3: Let, let me ask, because I want to make sure I landed on this correctly. So it was the war doctor is the doctor we're dealing with this whole time, right? Because he's the one that got yes. hit by the gun. Yes. Yes. And that's what sent him. I still hate uh, uh, degenerating because degenerating to me feels like you're going to go backwards the whole time. But then they had all these future versions, so I, I've, I've always hated degeneration. But I guess unregenerate has already timeline. been used. So
2: <laughs> sort of random regeneration.
3: Random, yeah, yeah
2: it's a it's a generation randomizer
1: <laughs> Sean, Sean. what do you think
2: um well i liked it I, I liked the story i liked the fact that the union was the big bad didn't see it coming uh, and as glenn pointed out it felt right or a big finish story i was also very appreciative of the fact that it wasn't the Daleks or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, one, one of the, uh, the the usual suspects, as it were, because um, that, uh, you know, kind of kept it fresh in a way. And um, so that, that was a pleasant. In fact, they threw me uh, with the casting of uh, uh, um,
3: Maureen, Maureen O'Brien.
2: O'Brien, thank you. Her name was right there on the tip of my tongue with Maureen O'Brien. Because she sounded so familiar. And so I went and looked up, oh, who, who is this character playing the Union? Marino O'Brien. Marina O'Brien. Oh, yeah, she was Vicky. Okay. God, is Vicky going to be the bad guy? <laughs> like, I, I totally, you know, went in a different direction than, you know, how are they going to explain this? Um, like, she's waiting for the Doctor to devolve de- back to the first one so she can give him, what, for or something. But uh, not the case. But, uh, and she know, did a great job as the union. I oh, thought. she was fantastic. Fantastic voice performances. Um, but you could kind of go across the board with that. I thought it was a little odd to have Tom and Paul back and forth. Um, I guess it was necessary because we hadn't had Tom in one really yet. Just little pieces of him here and there. So.
1: Well, you had him in the first one.
2: Oh, that's right, we did, didn't we? Well, then I don't know. Um, (laughs) So I thought that was a a, a little odd, but the thing that really impressed me was just the little touches throughout this, the the diamond array, which I had said initially is, you know, oh, it's cool because it's the diamond anniversary. And so it's this very cool science fiction-y sounding diamond array. But then I was let down when it was like, oh yeah, it actually compresses these things down into diamonds. Like literal yeah.
3: diamonds? <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, and yeah, I guess that's the thing. I kept waiting for the reveal to drop about being rescued technology from Pirate Planet. Or at least a reference to the to, to, to Califrax. But nothing ever came. And I was like, oh, kind of feel like we, we, we dropped the ball there, guys. We have seen this before, just not on this scale. <laughs> But okay, and um,
3: if if there's any sort of thread of a connection to that plot in Pirate Planet, he's going to find it, isn't he? <laughs> oh, I'm going to look. <laughs>
2: I, I will be on your porch, pulling up the, the welcome mat, looking for the key. I tell you. But um, so yeah, I kept I kept finding these little threads that were like, "Ooh, where's this going to go?" And then it didn't really go anywhere. But that was okay, because for the story that it told, it, it was it was an entertaining yarn. I, I, it was a, a well-spent hour within the Doctor Who universe. <coughs> as far as a ta-ta-ta, here's the end-all-be-all all supplement of this narrative thread that we've been weaving for, eh, yeah. you know, which is something we've kind of complained about from the get-go, is that they came up with a a, a nifty reason for it to do this, I guess. And then it still doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. It was just more of a convenient way to do it. And so, you know, we're writing the story backwards. We're starting with this is the end result that we want. How do we get to that point? Mm -hmm. A lot of times you can't do Doctor Who that way. Yeah because it, it just doesn't have the organic feel to it that uh, storytelling should have.
3: Well, and I have to wonder how much of this came about because of COVID. Maybe they had a different plan for it. The COVID kind of maybe shifted agendas. And I also, I mean, I commend them for wanting to get as many different characters and different pairings that um, we haven't experienced before which I thought they did a good job in a lot of these stories of doing that, but somehow they just felt like they could have been, I mean, it, it comes off as stunt casting in that case, because the stories don't have a grand enough, um, don't have a grand enough allure to them in order to justify the fact that they, Put some of these pairings together you know just it, it was it almost felt like and i i don't think it was but i it almost felt like they did it because they could do it and that's what mm-hmm. i think i was disappointed about most
1: yeah i think i think if had it not been a big 60th anniversary thing and it was just a four-part box set we would Probably have a completely different point of view of it. Yeah, that's true. But the fact that it is a big 60th anniversary celebration, and they wanted to do something different from a standard multi doctor story, uh, and this was just kind of what they had come up with. Unfortunately, it probably doesn't work as well as it should.
3: Yeah. Can oh, yeah. oh, I just say
1: also how? Well, Jacob Dudman sounded like the 11th Doctor. Holy <laughs> <Yeah>. crap.
3: <laughs> oh, that was another thing. When I saw the trailer for this, they spoiled that for me in the trailer. At the oh. very end of the trailer, they have Dudman doing the 11th Doctor. But I it didn't occur to me because they don't say in the trailer who's doing it. And then I thought, which I thought would have been awesome. Then I thought, oh, did, is this how they're going to... They've got Matt Smith signed, but they can't officially do anything with him until next year. And so they, you know, were able to put him in this just a briefly. And then we're going to get an 11th Doctor story a year from now be with with Matt Smith. And then when I went to the credits and realized, oh, <laughs> it's not been doing the voice. <laughs> yeah. But he does a great, uh, he does a great yeah. uh, uh Eleventh Doctor, the twelfth Doctor. Uh, he does a better eleven as... than he does twelve. Uh, yeah, not quite as <laughs> not quite there on the on the twelfth. I think the other bassy. thing that is a little disappointing, and maybe it's because we just came off of uh, Jody and this would have been probably recorded and wrapped before she even maybe bowed out or announced that she was bowing out. I was a little disappointed that we didn't get a thirteenth doctor reference in some way. We got all the way yeah. up to twelve, but we didn't get some sort of thirteenth doctor. Um, maybe they were. I I, I want to believe that it's because she hadn't bowed out yet when they wrapped all this up, recording wise. And that's I mean, they why. Did rec- but
1: finish uh, recording it almost two years ago. Yeah,
3: and so, but part of me wonders if maybe because they just wanted to distance themselves from 13 for a while, as everybody feels like they're doing, um, before they.
1: Well, and it makes me wonder if there is some sort of licensing thing. because They aren't, haven't done literally at all with 13 period. Yeah. And if it's, we, I know once upon a time we had talked about how, you know, they couldn't, the BBC holds such a tight license mm-hmm. on the current doctor that you can't do as much with it without their blessing. Right. It makes me wonder if they were just not even going to try to dip into that well yet until she had actually fully moved on. Yeah. And while she has, by the time this aired when they were writing it and recording it, it hadn't happened yet.
3: Well, and if you think about it, we haven't even, we, we know that she's got audio is coming, but we haven't even got renegade doctor yet. So,
1: yeah, that's true. So, I mean, it's it's it seems to be well beyond... Once they've moved on to a new era, then it's free range mm-hmm. for Big Finish. Yeah.
2: And I feel so um, bad. Like, legitimately bad. Because I feel like we, as fans, get to the point where an anniversary comes up and we all start going, multi-doctor story, multi-doctor story, multi-doctor story, multi-doctor story. And, you know, we we understand that's not sustainable.
3: Mm.
2: It can't be. Multi-doctor story, we, we've gone back and looked at them all. And multi-doctor stories have a very kind of special vibe to them. And some of them work, and some of them don't. But... It, it 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 takes the right connections to make them work. And I would almost rather have not as many and get really good ones mm-hmm. than to what? have them for, you know, every five years or every anniversary or every whatnot. So then here comes Big Finish and says, okay, we're giving you what you want. Here's a multi doctor adventure. Yeah, we yeah. found a way to do it. And all I've done is complain about how they did it. Yeah. Well, and I think,
3: I think we have to say some fans because I think if you're just a fan of the television stuff, you're not you're not oversaturated with multi-doctor stuff and you're probably chomping at the bit for more. Um, if you are, you know, just a books and, uh, TV thing, you, we, you don't even have that much of an instance of multi-doctor stories in the books or the TV but then I think, as you're saying, you put Big Finish into it, and Big Finish gives us what we want, we want, and they give it to us at least once a year, it feels like it's being overdone to us, and then we do complain about, about it. So <laughs> so I think it's even more so those of us fans that are indulging in the Big Finish are probably the ones that are like, okay, maybe we've done enough multi-doctor stuff at this point.
1: And I can't fully blame Big Finish. I mean, Big Multi-doctor stories would be fun to write and fun to... And if you've you know, got all the actors to, willing to do it. Exactly. <laughs> we can do it, so why aren't we doing it? So I can't fully blame them either.
3: I uh, came up with a few, um, I think, uh, uh, prefixes that we could fix the uh, degenerate. <laughs> I, I like I like hyper-generate. I think that's a good one. I like um, trans-generate. I think that's a good one. Um, I even don't mind like, uh, inter generate cause it's like between or amidst or among, so among all of your different regenerations, past and future. So I think if they'd have gone to my list, they could have come up with something better <laughs> than degenerate. Probably when they started this, they said, okay, we're going to start with the war doctor and he's going to degenerate to the first doctor. And then they started building the story and said, well, wait a minute. David Tennant wants to do one of these. Okay, well, let's see if we can fit that in. Oh, wait, Chris is going to do one? Well, let's see if we can fit that in. And why don't we throw the Unbound Doctor in there? I think that's probably what happened, is this started, you know, just going from one thing and ended up being another thing, and so things get left behind, like, degenerate.
1: Yeah.
2: So (laughs) Yeah. All I right. There were a couple of nuggets of awesome in yeah. the overall. The
1: overall run was, was which we was haven't there. really talked about being Susan, mm, yeah, which I thought was fantastic throughout the whole thing, and her and River together was great. <laughs>
3: yeah, I I just kept waiting for her to at least one time call River grandmother or grandma. <laughs> <laughs> just waiting, it just didn't happen.
1: Uh, they they yes. acknowledge the the family aspect
3: yes, of it. Yes, they point. did. Yeah, that, I, Susan was a lot of fun in this. I, I I can't believe we I can't believe I completely overlooked that when we were discussing that earlier. And River, yeah, River was a lot of fun too.
1: River and plus River, the, the
3: the River playing both sides, I thought was really cool because it was very much in her mo and and her method and her, not only her method but her her tactics. I mean, that's something that she would do. And always for the benefit of the doctor, but very good at infiltrating the other side too. So that was cool.
1: Work backward from the result you want, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is true. I mean, that's what you got to do when your problems. Up. Yeah,
3: that's right.
1: <laughs> and and the you know the, the pulling of the heartstrings when all of the future incarnations you know kind of get to to say hello to Susan was mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. And that moment where, you know, they have Stephen Noonan do the first Doctor, uh, Susan, was also mm-hmm. really nice. Yep. There's a lot of good fan service in this one.
3: All right, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule?
2: Well, coming up next on the schedule, we are going to take a uh, side for some fun and games. A little, uh, little R&R. A little rest and relaxation. No, not really. We're going to take a look at uh, Cubicle 7's Daleks. Doctors and Daleks. Do- it would help if I could say the word of this thing correctly. Doctors and Daleks. I don't know why I want to put the Daleks first. But I always do that. It's because uh, they're so cool. Doctors and Daleks RPG from Cubicle 7. And we are actually going to, like, play... So you, you talk about fun and games. We're going to play, and you'll get to see how good uh, how good our storytelling skills are, <laughs> and 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 more importantly, how good or bad Glenn and Keith's rolling skills are.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, and then we have uh, some more uh, 60th anniversary tie-ins with uh, the ongoing 14th Doctor comic strip. We believe coming to a close, <laughs> Liberation of Dallas. <the> <laughs> along with the, uh, the the Titan graphic novel, Once Upon a Time Lord. And then uh, we'll do some more anniversary specials uh, tying in for the 60th with uh, the docu- documentary Doctor Forever, Episode 4 specifically. And then Lost in the Dark Dimension, which was a fan production of a uh, script that supposedly... Dark Dimension was going to be the 30th. Am I right on that? Uh, 40th, I believe. 40th. Yeah. Uh, one of the anniversaries. Somebody
3: had written oh, no. this big massive multi dark No, you're right. It would have been the 30th. Yeah, no, you're right. Because I think it's 30th. Was it the 30th that they ended up doing Dimensions in Time? Yeah, because uh, yes. per, uh, yeah, Pertwee was still alive. So.
2: And so we'll take a look at uh, the, the the what we got and what could have been mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> versions of that.
3: Yeah, the uh, it, just... To put Doctor Forever in more perspective, that's the documentary on that particular story. So we'll we'll be reviewing the documentary, and then we'll be reviewing the fan production uh, from Season Twenty Six B Productions. That put I see, I see,"
2: the said two. the blind man. Yeah. Okay. And uh, one of the things that uh, uh, that referenced in um, the Tales from the TARDIS is when the companions all looked at their respective doctors and says, "Well, you got old." <laughs> and they had that wonderful line about, well, that's the funny thing with the time stream. So sometimes I regenerate and sometimes I get old and it's just like, Oh, what a way to hand wave that away and just be like, yeah, we're not going to worry about it well, anymore.
3: <laughs> I, I will just, I'll leave you with this. This is something that we'll probably be talking about in about a month from now. And remind me to re join this idea On what was said there, because I think that if rumors are correct and something actually does happen, it will actually retroactively go, aha, no wonder you said this.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. So just
3: remind me when we get done with the specials, remind me to revisit that
2: statement. Look at Glenn dropping the big nuggets of what if. (laughs) okay you know you keep your secrets uh and then of course after that we have uh what's this on the schedule actual living breathing doctor who episodes oh my <laughs> my hearts i don't know if i can take it
3: yeah it's been a little more than a year since uh power the doctor aired which was the last star beast Wild
2: was. blue yonder and the giggle coming
3: soon And, of course, you can continue to find us on our website, TravelingVortex.com. If you get any value on this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that by becoming a patron and click on our Patreon link and support us there. Um, you can unlock audios and specials from us. We're going to have another uh, trivia quiz coming up. I've got one in them in the uh, works right now that's going to be uploaded here pretty soon. And then if you can even just give $1 a month, that helps keep us on uh, the lights on here and you get all that special uh, audio. We don't we don't lock you out for. We don't have tier levels yet, where you have to hit five dollars or ten dollars. Everything is good to go, just even for a buck. We we would love for you to contribute more if you could, but even just a dollar helps us out. It's just a dollar a month. I mean, that's that's less than what uh, a song for iTunes a month. Well, not anymore because that's like a dollar twenty nine now. But you know, it just it's it's not a lot of money. I mean, I know these days things cost more, but a dollar is just a drop in the drop in the pan once a month. Please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to the podcast helps us bump up in the ratings and the recommendations. And then you can join in the conversations on our listeners form on Facebook. Of course, you can also find us on uh, TikTok, Twitter or what was formerly known as Twitter. And now it's called X. I will never get used to that. And Instagram, anything else we need to talk about before we close this program. If not until next time, I'm Glenn.
2: I'm Sean. No, I'm
3: Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody